What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Bush League segment here at House Call Sports. I'm here with Taylor. My name is Matt, and today we are talking about this American League East where every team is really good, as well as a team out west that was supposed to be good that ain't looking so hot right now. But first, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, and that is Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use your code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. Watermelon Liquid IV is my personal go-to. I lift weights and have an outdoor job here on Maui where it's super hot and the sun is always out. I said there was a team that wasn't looking so hot, and well, I haven't been looking so hot either because the sun here is so hot that it burned me for the 100 millionth time, but I help replenish all the electrolytes that I Lost from getting burnt with liquid IV. With it, I get three times the electrolytes with liquid IV and the great taste. So use the promo code and hit the link in the description to go get some. But we got to start today with this MLB Bush League segment with the best division in the MLB, and that is the AL East. We knew this division was going to be great at the start of the year, but I'm not sure we thought it was going to be this great. It is currently has the Rays, who are the best team in baseball by three and a half games. The Orioles, who gotten really, really good quicker than I thought they would and who are the third best team in baseball. The Yankees started slow, but have come on. They're the seventh best team in baseball. The Red Sox, again, another team that has surprised me and a lot of others. They're the ninth best team in baseball, as well as as well as the Jays, who have been disappointing, but still have a record above 500. That means every single team in this division has a record above 500. This is a ridiculously good division. One of the greatest divisions maybe in baseball history. This is a ridiculous collection of teams all in one division. So, Taylor, I'm going to go to you, man. Like, what do you what do you make of just how good this AL East is so far? Yeah, like you said, we knew everybody in this division was going to be good, but it it's we're seeing the numbers now and it's it it it's crazy. Like seeing a division where everyone is over 500 is nuts. And the big surprise here is the team that is at the very bottom of the division and that's the Blue Jays. We're recording this on a Sunday afternoon and they're only a couple games over 500 and they're 10 and a half games back of the Rays right now and you know, that's not what we expected to see coming into the year. We knew those Sox and the Orioles were going to be competitive and but it was it's a tough division so they might end up towards the bottom but and the Rays have just been blowing everybody out of the water. They've been way better than expected and the Yankees are about where you would hope they would be this time of year. Uh, but really recently, over the last 30 games, uh, everybody's been good except for the Blue Jays. The Rays, Orioles, and Yankees are all 18 and 12. Sox are 17 and 13, but the Jays are 13 and 17. And mm-hmm. another big problem for them is they've been really bad against the AL East. They're 6 and 15 against the other teams in the AL East. Uh, so, yeah, definitely not a couple surprises uh, as far as the, the standings in, in the AL East go, but we knew this was going to be a good division and they've been good yeah they've been really good like like you said taylor you look at the top seven teams in baseball as far as win-loss records go the the al east has three of them and then you look at four of the top nine if you include the red sox like they've they've got four of the nine best teams in baseball then you look at the top seven winner loss records in division in baseball and you don't see any of the al east and it's because and, and the rays are the first team that's found in, in division win-loss record in their ninth because that shows basically that every team in this division is really good, so they beat each other a lot. And like you said, especially everybody's beating up on the Jays right now. They're six and fifteen in division games, but everybody else, the only games they really lose are in the division. Outside of the division, they dominate everyone else. As an entire division, they are one hundred and ten and sixty-one against teams outside the AL East. That's winning at a sixty-four percent clip as an entire division. All the other teams, all all the teams in the division are winning at a fifty-five percent clip. 
on games outside of the division. That's that's ridiculous. You compare it to the next best, best division as far as that goes on, you know, on games outside of their division. And that's the NOS at a 97 and 89 record. And that's a 52% clip. So also, there's no teams in the AL Central and there's only one team in the NL Central that are above 500 against teams outside their division. So basically how I interpret that piece of information is if literally any team in the AL East were to magically move to the AL or NL Central, they're going to run away with that division because they do not lose games outside yeah. of the AL East. And unfortunately, you know, some of these teams are stuck in the AL East. And I think, you know, two playoff caliber teams potentially from this division will be left on the outside looking in, you know, come playoff time. And we were kind of talking about it pre-show about how important it's going to be for the winner of the AL West to actually win the AL West because all of these AL East teams, they're going to be fighting for playoff spots. And it's going to make it really, really tough on the AL West to get two playoff spots. I think they will because we see, you know, the Rangers have a good argument as one of the, you know, maybe the best team in baseball right now. And the Astros obviously have started to come on. It's going to make it tough for a lot of these teams to to to, to really, really, you know, to, to actually make a playoff run. Because, you know, there's so many good teams in the AL East that they're going to hog up at least three of the playoff spots. And then you're going to be fighting for, you know, basically it's going to be one wild card spot up for grabs between, you know, all these other, you know, quality teams in the AL. So it's going to be interesting to see because of all, because the AL East just, just pure dominance goes. It's, it's just been crazy from these teams so far. And then as far as individual teams go in, in this AL East, like we, we obviously got to start with, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays, like that, obviously they got off to the ridiculous, you know, undefeated start. I think it was 10, 11, 12 games in a row that they won off the, uh, just off, off rip. And now they're sitting at 39 and 16, the best team in baseball by, you know, three or four games. So Taylor, just give me your thoughts on this Rays team. Like what are your takeaways from, you know, the best team in baseball right now? Yeah, I mean, I fully expected the Rays to come out hot, especially since they started the year by playing three of the worst teams in the league. But I don't think anybody expected them to have a record this good this far into the year. But maybe we should have, because the only reason that they really didn't perform last year is they got really banged up. They got really banged up early and they were hurt all year. And we're really seeing this year the potential that they could have had last year. Their run differential is second only to the Rangers. Their run differential is is twice as much as the Braves, which is insane. The Braves per run differential per game is 1.1. The Rays are at 2.2. The big key to their success, apart from, you know, the Rays always have good pitching, is their power. This year, their isolated power is at 228. And last year, for the whole year, their isolated power was 138. That's a immense difference they hit 139 home runs last year as of right now they have 100 already in the season it's just the 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 power production they're getting is absolutely crazy they have 70 more home runs than the guardians do the guardians are last in the mlb at 30 home runs and the rays are at 100 and this early in the year that's a huge discrepancy Uh, and on top of the offense, like I said, the, their, their pitching's always good. Even with Springs and Rasmussen going down, the starting pitching's been really good. They just got Glass now back, which is an, it just a huge bonus for them because uh, when he's out there, he's one of the best. Uh, Taj Bradley stepped up. Uh, he's he's pitched pretty effectively. And Zach Eflin, one of my favorite uh, offseason signings, he's, he's slotted in exactly how he thought he would. He's a great guy to get you five solid innings and hand it off to the bullpen. So he's been really great in that role. I think we'll see them cool off a little bit, obviously. Like, it's hard to sustain the rate that they've been at, uh, especially because, you know, their success has come off of the home run. And we know as Yankee fans how streaky – uh, how streaky it is when you when you start relying on home runs to win ball games. But I think 
with how good their pitching is, it tempers that a little bit. It, it helps balance out uh, for those games when you're not hitting home runs. You can you can trust your pitching to hold down the other offense. So yeah, and you know you get off to, to uh, again. You we saw it last year with the Yankees. You get off to such a hot start in that division. You know you give yourself a lot more room for error, and that's what the Rays have done by you know getting off to their hot, hot start. Unfortunately, they don't have as much room for error as the Yankees did last year because all of these teams are coming up right behind them. Right, you know so. Um, like, you know, the Yankees have gotten, you know, turned things around a little bit. Orioles, obviously, we'll talk about them next after the Rays. But, you know, so the Rays have built a solid lead. And, you know, it's it's going to be interesting, like you said, to see if they can really hold on, you know, you know, throughout the stretch of the year. But, you know, I had the Rays over their win total at the start of the year. So I knew that they would be good. But uh, again, I didn't expect that they would be this good. And you said it, Taylor, they are just pounding home runs right now. Like I, you, the, the Rays, you just kind of expect good pitching, a really good bullpen, some good starters and a solid defense. You, you expect that from the Rays and you expect that alone is going to get them, you know, 80 to 85 wins a year and, and they're going to be around there. But as a team, they have an 845 OPS, which is basically saying their entire team as a whole is hitting at an all-star caliber level. Like that is ridiculous. An 845 team OPS, you know, however many games they are through the season, 55 games through the season. And like you said, a hundred homers, already which is 14 more than any other team they're unreal like they, they have 14 percent more home runs than any other team in baseball like that's that's insane so the the tampa bay rays they're they're an absolute juggernaut right now like you said they were a really good team last year they just got hurt and they and they couldn't and they couldn't live up to their expectations because they got hurt that offense wasn't good because wander franco was hurt a lot of their really really good offensive players missed a lot of time last year they're all back and now they're mashing and they're going to be a problem for 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 basically everybody going forward but Another team that's a problem for everybody going forward is the Baltimore Orioles. And I'll be honest, uh, you know, this year I thought they would be a good team. I thought they would hover around that 500 mark. I knew they were going to be a viable baseball team. I didn't know they were going to be this good. Baltimore is really, really good right now. So, Taylor, give me some of your takeaways from the from the Orioles start so far this year. Yeah, I hate to keep copying your takes, but I, I mean, I, I felt the same way about the Orioles coming into the year. I, I thought, you know, around 500, pretty good offense. I questioned their starting pitching. And to be honest, I still kind of do. Um, obviously, the offense has been really good and the bullpen has been nuts. Uh, you know, they've got those those guys in the back end that are just lights out. Um, Cano, I think, just allowed his first earned run of the year like a couple days ago, which is nuts. I still have questions about the starting pitching. They just optioned Grayson Rodriguez, one of their top prospects who came up and just really could not find success uh, starting games. And you look at the stat cast numbers for some of their other starting pitchers and they're showing signs of regression. Tyler Wells has a BABIP uh, at 185 right now. Because how good the bullpen and offense have been, if, if the starting pitching can continue to be average, then this team will will be a contender. But one of the things I was I want to mention about the AL East is that really outside of, of the Yankees and Rays, I think there's going to be an arms race at the trading deadline for these teams like the Orioles and the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, because all of them have pretty inconsistent or mediocre starting pitching right now. And that's going to be the thing that helps them get that extra wild card spot. And I think the Orioles need it more than any of the other teams in the East right now. So I think, you know, when you start projecting out a little bit uh, to some of these pitchers that might move at the deadline, like an Eduardo Rodriguez or a Lucas Giolito or even a Shane Bieber, maybe uh, mm-hmm. the Orioles, I think are going to be a top contender for some of those guys. Yeah, I think you're right, Taylor. Uh, like you said, uh, uh, Baltimore's playing a little bit over their skis right now. Like you were talking about, their expected win-loss is four games worse than they are right now. But, I mean, that would make them the eighth-best team in baseball instead of the third-best right. team in baseball. Still so they're still good. really good. Like. 
like they're still they're still a top 10 team in baseball no matter if they're playing a tiny bit over their skis right now so i thought they were a year away because of their pitching but that bullpen is elite and like you were talking about with their starters taylor you look at some of the names of their starters like you look at a you look at a Kyle Gibson, you look at a Tyler Wells, you look at a Dean Kramer, obviously, you look at a you look at a Grayson Rodriguez, a Kyle Bradish. Like those are guys where you're kind of like, eh, I don't you know, we haven't really seen it from those guys consistently, you know, so you're kind of just like, eh, I don't I don't know how well they're gonna be able to keep that up. But that offense is good enough and and you know that bullpen is good enough where they're still gonna be a really, really good team. Like like I was talking about, that bullpen is elite, the best bullpen war in baseball. Cano, Bautista, and Baker are all just filthy, disgusting relievers that nobody hits. Uh, and I think those starting pitchers, like I said, I think the starting pitching is going to come back to bite them in the end. I think that's going to be the reason why they don't win the World Series this year or, you know, make the World Series this year even. Um, but I think they're still going to be a playoff caliber team. I think they're going to be a really, really good team all year. And I think this is going to be a team you're going to see. As for, from a Yankees fan perspective, this is a team I am terrified of for, for years going forward because this is like one of the first years that like they were even supposed to be kind of good and they're already really good. The Orioles fans who have had not a lot to cheer about in the last few years are going to have a lot to cheer about in the next few years because they have a really, really good team uh, coming forward. But now we got to talk about the team that we all want to talk about. All right. It's the team that everybody wants to talk about. It's the team who's third place in the division. Okay. It's the New York Yankees. All right. They're obviously off to a slow start. But we've kind of bounced back here the last few weeks, uh, started to get some of our, our guys back. Aaron Judges came back and started raking again like he normally does. Some other guys are about to come back off the IL, and, you know, the Yankees are starting to look like the Yankees again. So, Taylor, I want to go to you, man. Give me your thoughts on this Yankees team in the AL East. What do you think about their chances? Well, it feels like the same old song and dance every year. It's We're playing the if-they-can-stay-healthy game. You know, it's it's... It's if we can get some of these pitchers back. It's if Aaron Judge stays healthy. Um, but like I said, kind of uh, in our intro, I like where they're at right now record-wise, especially because they do have some guys coming back. I mean, guys like Canely are going to make a huge impact immediately. But it'll be interesting to see how they handle Donaldson when he comes back because, you know, one of one of my favorite moves of the year, which is kind of is, is bittersweet, is the Yankees DFAing Hicks finally. Um, obviously, that was a move that you need to make if you want to be a winning ball club. And it's one of those ones where it is kind of a bummer because he's – He's been in the MLB a long time. Seems like a solid dude, but he has just been not good for the past two years. And they kept hanging on to him. And I think part of that was financial. You know, there's still a lot of money on the hook with him. Uh, but they finally cut the cord, DFA'd him, and that that opens up a roster spot to give somebody else a chance. And you know, if Donaldson struggles coming back from injury for you know a month or two, who knows? He might he might be gone too because he really hasn't produced in the Yankees uniform either. Um, so I think, I think that's a good sign that, that they really do. They are all in this year and, you know, that's what you expect from the Yankees. You know, they're, they're a team that you expect to be all in all the time. But I think another big key for them is they, they just need more production out of the bottom of the order. Um, especially a guy like, like Volpe. I mean, we were both in the camp. We really, really wanted him to come up. And I still, I, I still like that he is on the, the big league team. I think ultimately in the long run, it's going to be better that he's up there playing this year. You need more out of him. He's, I think he's hitting under 200 as of right now. And that's, that's just not going to do it. You expect, you know, a, a subpar offensive year out of him, just given that it's his rookie year and he's playing under, you know, extreme pressure right away. Like those, that's a tough spot to be in, but you, you still got to be hitting over over 200 uh, for for Yankees fans to to accept you, but uh, we'll see if, if hopefully some of these young guys can get going and the bottom of the order can start 
producing a little bit because it's a top heavy lineup right now. So in the event that, you know, a judge goes down, then we're right back to panic mode and it's not where you want to be. So. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, the, I'll, I'll, I'll get to Volpe a bit in, in, in a bit. Cause I have a lot of thoughts on, on Volpe as well. Um, but you know, uh, as we both know, they've obviously been smacked with injuries to every part of this team. And now uh, we, I don't know if you saw it in today's game, Taylor Rizzo left with a, with a, uh, oh, with a neck injury. So, uh, that would be, again, that's another loss that you can't afford. That's your one left-handed bat in yeah, the lineup, you know, splitting, yeah, the only up, splitting up all the righties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it would be, that would be a frustrating injury to, to have to overcome. And then the starting pitching as well, outside of Cole and even Cole, this, you know, has had a bad last six or seven starts. They've all underperformed. And like you were talking about, Taylor, a lot of the young guys that we've wanted to pan out haven't panned out. And, you know, speaking about Volpe, you know, I I was talking with one of my former college teammates last night and, you know, we we decided we like a lot of Volpe's game. We like his we we like his stolen bases. We like how he fields the ball on defense. I know a lot of Yankee fans have been kind of critical of Volpe's defense. I really like Volpe's defense. I you know, he he looks like a big league shortstop to me. Maybe it's just because we haven't had big league shortstops the last couple of years, yeah. whether it be Glaber Torres or whether it be, you know, IKF last year, or, you know, the, the last couple of years of Didi in a Yankees uniform. But, you know, I like him defensively at the plate. I like how, you know, from and, and me as from a hitting coach's perspective, I like how, how he uses his lower body. He's really, really in his legs. It allows him to see pitches really, really well. So he get he has good plate discipline. He sees a lot of pitches. He takes his walks. But his swing is so long and so loopy. Yeah. And he, he has to make mechanical adjustments to his swing this offseason. I think it's it's hard to make, uh, speaking from a, you know, obviously a former baseball player's perspective, it's hard to make mechanical adjustments in season. You're, you know, you're you're playing so many games at such a at such a long time and you have that muscle memory developed. You can't make mechanical adjustments very well in season. So I think in the offseason, he's going to have to make some serious mechanical adjustments to his swing because he's got a big uppercut from his swing. His hands get away from his body. You see it. He rolls over. He gets around a lot of balls. He's pull side with a lot of balls. So he ends up late with uh, to a lot of fastballs, especially up in the zone. He does not get to fastballs up in the zone. Down in the, do- down in the zone, he can do damage, but it's because of his bat path. He's got that long kind of loopy bat path. So he can do damage down in the zone, but up in the zone, he has a lot of trouble. And then he's early. He rolls over on a lot of off- off-speed pitches. Uh, and and he, he's around and hooking a lot of these pitches as well. So he's going to have to make some serious adjustments to have consistent success at the plate going forward. And it's, it's like I said, it's hard to make those adjustments in season, but it can be done. We saw Aaron Judge as a rookie come in, and he had a completely different swing, and he was bad as a rookie. And then he made off-season adjustments and became the best hitter in baseball the next year. So not saying that Volpe's going to do that, obviously, because, you know, he's 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 not as physically dominating and, and, and you know, physically capable as Aaron Judge is, but he's certainly physically capable enough He's a good enough athlete to do it, but you know it, 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 it's his swing right now concerns me. And as far as having success this season offensively, that's something that worries me. But you know, like I was saying, the young guys have not been great. There's been tons of injuries, and the pitching has been very shaky as far as starting pitching goes. But the bullpen has the best ERA in baseball, and there's a lot of bullpen guys that ha- have have been hurt and haven't even been there. So the bullpen depth is amazing. Your stars have shown up. Your your Anthony Rizzo's, your Aaron Judges. Your Glaber Torres, all those guys have shown up, so they're carrying you on the offensive end. If they can have more offensive games like they had today, 
where uh, we're recording this on Sunday. They beat the Padres 10 to 7 today. And you watch the game today. It was, it, they're, they're working counts. They're making more consistent contact. They're putting pressure on teams on the bases. They're mixing in the long ball as well, where it's not just completely reliant on the home run. They're mixing in the home run as well as having good, solid, you know, team baseball type of at bats. This, te- this team is going to be dangerous, assuming that they eventually end up somewhat healthy. Because I, again, like you said, Taylor, it's always, we're talking about what ifs with this team, you know, if they can stay healthy, if they can do this, if they can do that. That's why they're in a good spot right now is because they have such good bullpen depth. They have, you know, you know, Garrett Cole, who, you know, besides, like I said, the last six or seven starts has been really, really good. And then their stars have been showing up. So if they can get anything from that bottom of the lineup, if they can get anything from any of their other starters, if they can start to get somewhat healthy, this team is going to be dangerous going forward. But, you know, obviously from a Yankees fan's perspective, we're never healthy. So it's hard to say if we're healthy because we just never are. But we'll go to the Yankees' biggest rival, and that's the Boston Red Sox. This is a team I did not see coming. I thought this was going to be easily the worst team in the division. I thought they weren't even, you know, they were going to be kind of hovering, maybe close to 500, but I didn't see them being as good as they are. So, Taylor, what has led to the Red Sox being, you know, a a, a team that's, that's overperformed expectations so far? Uh, simply the offense. They've just had a really good offense this year. Their big bats have, have produced, and they're getting uh, above average performances from guys like uh, like Jaron Duran, uh, who's kind of come out of nowhere and, and provided a really nice boost for them. And kind of like I talked about the Orioles, they just need more consistency from their starting pitching. Um, obviously, Sale has been like way better than I think anybody expected. He's had a couple shaky. He had a couple shaky starts. Um, to start the year, which you would expect given how little he's pitched over the last couple of years because of all the all the injuries he's had. And it's nice to see James Paxton back in there. It seems like he's shown some flashes of being really good. And it seems like Hauk and Whitlock have also shown some flashes, but it seems like there's just a lack of consistency with the rest of the staff. So I think this is another team that's going to be kind of in this AL East arms race for a starting pitching that I'm predicting for the, for the trade deadline. So I think this is another spot where where we might see a, a starting pitcher come up if if they're if they're still in the mix by the deadline, which I expect them to be. I mean, like like we've been talking about, like they're in the middle of a very very good division, and you know you stick them in the AL Central, and they're they're probably the best team in that division. So they're legit playoff contenders, and and you know all they need is a, is a little bit more, and you could see them really take off. But yeah, definitely better than I expected. I expected them to be like you said around five hundred at the bottom of the division. Uh, basically filling the role that the Blue Jays are in right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you said it, Taylor, it's the offense that's doing it for him right now. Cause I, I'm, I'm currently on the, the Red Sox pitching, uh, pitching stats page. And you look at their five, the five guys who have thrown the most innings for them. Chris sales, number one, like you mentioned, he's been really, really good in his last four or five starts, but including Chris sale, these are the ERAs of their, their five guys who have thrown the most innings, four, seven, two, four, nine, nine, six, one, five, six, two, six, four, oh, eight. So those are their, their top five starters ERAs. So that's the reason why this team isn't at the top of the division and they're sitting at fourth, right? Because this offense is really, really good. And, and like I said, the red, this is a team that shocked me because I'm, I've been talking about it. The bullpen is average. Their starters have been bad. The bullpen is middle of the pack, 15th in, in, in pitcher's war. The starters are bottom, you know, bottom of the barrel, 27th in pitcher's war. That's fourth worst in baseball. And their defense hasn't been great either. They're ranked in they're, they're ranked bottom half in baseball in a lot of metrics. And all of these are reasons why, like I said, I thought they'd end up at, 
you know, at the last in the AL East. And I honestly still believe that this team is going to eventually end up last in the AL East because and unless they add pitching, like you said, Taylor, it's going to be so, so hard for them to, to, to sustain this. But that stuff hasn't been as important because they've scored the fourth most runs in baseball. And if they can keep scoring and even get to league average pitching and defense, this is a team that can make the playoffs. I just don't know if that's going to happen with their current roster. Like you said, they're going to have to make some moves. They're going to have to go get a bona fide number one starter. Hopefully, you know, for their sake, Chris Sale can, you know, maintain what he's been doing the last couple of weeks because he's looked like the old Chris Sale the last couple of weeks in his last four or five starts. So hopefully that he can get back to that, you know, he can stay at that level and then they can go add somebody else. But I mean, you just look at the look at the names in this staff, you know, it's just it's just hard to to uh to, to imagine them getting much better. You know, you got guys in the bullpen who have stepped up a little bit. Kenley Jansen looks like he's returned to form a little bit. Um, but the the rest of this team is just not looking uh, it's just not looking so hot as far as bullpen goes. So it's going to be hard for them, I think, to maintain uh, the level of success they're having right now. But that offense, man, that offense is going to keep you in games because they just rake over in Boston. So uh, we'll move to a team that's also supposed to rake, but haven't been as good as we've expected. And that is the Toronto Blue Jays. They are, like you said, Taylor, they are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. And this team is a team that, you know, a lot of people were, this was a trendy AL East division winner pick this year because they made a lot of offseason moves. But a lot of them haven't panned out for him so far. So, Taylor, I'm going to go to you, man. What are your takeaways from this Toronto Blue Jays struggling start? Do you think they can make it out the basement, or do you think this is going to something that's going to continue going forward? I think they can, but there's a lot of red flags with Toronto right now. The offense has been good, and you know it it needs to be good. They've got a 111 WRC plus right now. Um, some of their production has been coming from interesting places. Kevin Kiermeyer has actually been quite good, especially recently. Um, and Dalton Varsho, you know, their big their big trade acquisition over the offseason really has not been good. And they they got him to be a big lefty bat, and he has really just been pretty absent for the most part. Um, he his numbers. Don't look great right now. His slash line is 210, 278, 374. And, you know, he's still playing pretty good defense out there. But we saw him the other day, uh, you know, fail to come back with a couple home run balls. And it looked like he, uh, he, he kind of assisted one going over. And, you know, when you're not hitting well, those are plays that, that you, you need to make for your own sake. Um, but, yeah, the big, the big red flag with them right now is they're starting pitching which, you know, the, the, the elephant in the room here, uh, that not a fat joke against Alec Manoa, but it's Alec Manoa. <laughs> um, he has been just really bad. Um, and it's, it's kind of perplexing. You know, a lot of experts uh, predicted that he would regress a little bit this season just based on, you know, some of his peripherals from last season, but nobody would have expected, you know, an ERA of five and a half. He's walking six over six batters every nine innings is expected ERA is mid six right now. You know, you've got Chris Bassett, who's got a 3.8 ERA, but he's also carrying that with a 223 BABIP. His expected ERA is closer to five. His fifth is 5.22. So when you look at these expected ERAs outside of Gossman, the best one is Barrios at a 4.92. Just a lot of inconsistency from these guys outside of Kevin Gossman. And you that's not a winning formula. Like even if you're a good hitting team, if you've got one guy that's giving you quality starts on a regular basis, it kind of doesn't matter how good your bullpen is or how good your offense is. You're not going to succeed. Uh, and that's really what's happening to the Jays right now. So it'll be interesting to see if they're also, a, it, if they also go after an arm at the deadline, because they have good arms. They've just been really inconsistent. So We'll see if they can stabilize. And if not, you've got to think they're going to bring somebody in or do they see 
this division's insane right now. We're 10 and a half games back from the Rays already. Like, does this become a semi-punt year for them? I don't I don't see them doing that but you know if it gets much worse by the deadline you know if they if they end up at 500 at the deadline and they're 15 games back of the Rays do they do they kind of hold up a very tentative white flag and just say we're going to go with what we got and hope for the best or do we see them go all in and try and go for one of those wild card spots it'll be interesting and it'll really tell us uh tell us a lot about how this organization wants to be for the next couple of years. Cause obviously they're in a, in a competitive window, but uh, you know, this is not an encouraging sign for them. Man, it's really not. Yeah. Like you said, this team has been struggling mightily and you were talking about their offense, like their offense is fourth in team war, but just 10th and run scored. And you, ex- when you look at the names in that lineup, you expect more than 10th in the league in run scored. Like they, they've got ridiculous names in that lineup and they're just not producing at the level that they need to be producing right now. They don't, they're not scoring as many runs as you need to be scoring. Cause like you said, that starting pitching in that bullpen, both haven't been great. Like you said, Alec Manoa has been terrible and that defense hasn't been great as well. And listen, they haven't got, yeah. I was just looking up the numbers before this. They haven't gotten nearly as much offensive production from their catchers as well this year. Kirk and Jansen, they were really, really good last year. Jansen had an 855 OPS uh, and and Kirk had a a 788 OPS. This year, they're both under about 670 OPSs. So they haven't gotten nearly the the amount of production from those two. And, you know, they traded the the top catching prospect Moreno for Varsho as well because we thought they were dealing, you know, Moreno out 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 of a position of strength for them. And, you know, they bring in Varsho and, and Varsho hasn't showed up. And, you know, now their catchers are struggling. So that catcher, the, the you know, the, the, the trade for Varsho hasn't looked good. And like I said, Varsho's struggling. Springer hasn't been good either so far. He's, he's sitting with a, like a, around a 700 OPS, which is not George Springer numbers. That is not what you pay George Springer to do. So there's a lot of things for them to fix. I think they can turn, turn it around. Do they turn around enough to be a World Series contender? I don't think so. I think they can turn it around to get a wild card spot. But I don't see them getting any higher than, you know, third in this division and maybe a second or third wildcard spot, you know. And is that going to be good enough to turn you into a World Series team? We saw last year, you know, wildcard teams are capable of making it to the World Series, but that's not a very sustainable model, I don't think. So it's going to be really, really tough for the Jays, I think, going forward. Um, and it's in, and, and, you know, they're, like you said, Taylor, it's not looking so hot in, in, in Toronto right now. So with that, we're going to go to another team that was supposed to have a really, really good offense. And in fact, they actually just pl- finished playing a three game set against one of these AL East teams. And that is the San Diego Padres, who have been similar to this AL East division where we thought they would be really good, but are different in the fact that uh, they have underperformed expectations and they are now sitting five games under 500 fourth place in the NL West and are actually closer to the last place Rockies than they are to the third place Giants. And for a team that had World Series expectations on them before the season and for a team who made the NLCS last year, they've been wildly disappointing. So Taylor, this was your NL division, NL West division winner, and this was your preseason NL pennant winner. What is going on with the Padres right now? Oh man. Yeah, it's... This one's perplexing to me because you look you look through their lineup and it's it's the names are great. Uh, they oh. just haven't really been as great as you would want. I think part of this comes down to, you know, Juan Soto got off to a really weird start of the year. We talked about it a little bit. And actually, Matt, it was funny right after we talked about, you know, he needs to be more aggressive at the plate. The next day, oh, he, he hit like three doubles, like you said. And, yes, uh, it was it was incredible, and it was like, man, he must uh, he must be one of our like fifty listeners. 
Um, because he, uh, <laughs> he, he's really turned it around since we talked about him. Uh, and that's, that's shown a little bit in their offense and they're getting like weird, weird, weirdly good performances from guys like Rudnet Odor. Um, so, so lately things have been looking a little bit more bright, but yeah, the, the, the start they got off to was not great. Another interesting thing for them is they're 0 and 5 in extra inning games and they're three and nine in one run games. Uh, and you know, you got to expect that those numbers are going to, are going to regress in the positive direction. And you look at the Pythagorean win loss and, you know, based on their run differential, they should be at 500 right now. So I think that accounts for some, for some wins, but still, this is not a 500 team. They need to be scoring more runs. Their pitching needs to be better. Really. They just need to be better. I mean, it's, I I don't even know if there's much to break down here. They just need to start performing better. Um, And I think one of the other things I noticed with their lineup that maybe I didn't consider as much in the regular, in the, in the preseason is they kind of have a weird DH problem right now where they've got Nelson Cruz who can't play the field. They've got Matt Carpenter who, you know, can play the field, but shouldn't play the field. Um, And neither of them have really been great. Matt Carpenter's been better recently, uh, but still not great. And you've got those two guys in on your, on your roster who can basically only DH. And then you've got, Juan Soto, who now can't use the DH spot, and you know he's not the strongest left fielder, so you're kind of plugging up that DH spot and preventing other guys from using it as as rest days or just getting using it as an opportunity to improve certain defensive positions strategically for certain pitchers. You know, if you have a fly ball a fly ball pitcher who's 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 given up a bunch of pull fly balls, and you've got a whole lineup full of right-handed hitters, you know Juan Soto is going to have a busy day. You know, that might be a good day to put somebody else in left field. But, you know, they can't they can't do things like that. And I think it, it makes their lineup very inflexible. And now that Machado has seen some time out, you know, the lineup looks even more weak. Yeah, and I, I agree. When we were talking about a preseason, you're, you just look down at the names. You're like, oh, Carpenter, Cruz, you know, man, the, the platoon. Incredible them at DH, platoon, you know, yeah. Cruz, yeah, Cruz Cruz faces lefties, Carpenter faces righties. It's perfect, but it hasn't panned out that way. You know, yeah. that's why that's why the games aren't played on paper. You know, because because you know you never know what's actually going to happen when it comes game time. But you know, I was watching the Yankee Padre game today for a little while. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, go watch Trent Grisham's catch today off off DJ LeMahieu. He made an incredible. Uh, robbing catch of you know robbing DJ LeMahieu of a home run might be the catch of the year uh, and and it was a wild game today too home runs big innings stolen bases there were some wild base running decisions great defense also awful defense at the same time two ace level pitchers like getting hit around in Darvish and Garrett Cole and then you know there was a the there was also at the end Clay Holmes tried to blow it like he normally does but they you know figured out a way to win but uh, the Yanks announcers Michael Kay and Paul Neal they were talking about the long term big money that San Diego has signed, the contracts that they've signed. And we talked about it before too. Bogart has signed through his age 41 season. He's been bad since his great start to the season and people were freaking out because I said he was the worst signing of the offseason. Then he started off really hot. He hit like four homers in the first five games. People were like, oh, you're an idiot. Well, now how's that looking? He ain't looking too hot so far. He ain't looking that hot now. And, you know, they've got Darvish signed, you know, through age 41 season. He's up and down. Like I said, he got shelled by the Yanks today. He's got a four, he's got a four or five ERA so far this year. You know, you know, Machado signed through, you know, signed through, I think it was age 41 as well. And he's hurt, albeit for the first time in nine years. But, you know, and even when he's been in there this year, he hasn't been great. And then Tatis, he signed through age 35 season. And you got to think they're going to try to sign Soto to a similar deal in the next coming off season as well. So these long-term contracts are going to be terrible in a couple of years. They're going to be bad. This is a win-now mode. So what do you do when you're in a win-now mode and you're not winning now? 
Be very concerned is the answer. You should be very concerned if you're a San Diego Padres fan because their bullpen has been really good. They're the sixth best in baseball. Their starters have been hovering around middle of the pack. They're 13th best in baseball. The defense has been solid as well. I think moving Tatis to the outfield as well as bringing in Bogarts and playing Kim has benefited them as far as their, their defense goes. But And Soto has been really good. But what else have they gotten offensively? They, really what they've gotten is, like you were saying, Taylor, some league average or slightly above average guys, a few of them, but a lot of below league average guys as well. As the team, they're currently sitting 21st in WRC Plus as a 97 as a team, which is 3% below league average. For the names that you have in this lineup, I think you don't have to much, look much further than there. You expect this team to be a top five offensive team in baseball. So when Carpenter, Cruz, and Machado, like I said, when he's been in, and Grisham and, and, and Cronenworth have all been bad relative to either the league or their, their own personal standards, then you have guys like Bogarts or Tatis who have been above the league average but below their own personal standards. That leads to a bad offense. And when your roster is constructed around having this dominant offense and your offense isn't dominant, your team is going to struggle. And that's why this team isn't good right now. And again, this is a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they turned it around, but they simply aren't in a good place right now. And I don't know how they're going to turn this around if their big guys don't start getting it going. No, I totally agree. I mean, you look at uh, you look at their their projected lineup first righties on fan graphs right now, and the the bottom the bottom five of their lineup is Carpenter, Odor, Hassan Kim, Trent Grisham, and Brett Sullivan. That's not not very strong, you know. Carpenter, you know, we thought would be a good good platoon bat, but he has not really been there. Uh, he's hitting 179. Then you've, you've the, the respective batting averages of those guys: 179, 208, 239, 185, 174. Uh, and that's tough. That's really tough. And you know, even Cronenworth, he's hitting 213. He's got a respectable 336 on base, but only slugging 376 only five home runs and then you've got Soto who is going to get on base but it's you know if he, if he walks four times a game it doesn't matter because you know after that who's you know if, if Bogarts isn't performing well who's going to who's going to bring him in and it's not like Soto's going to be out there stealing bases and manufacturing runs like he's basically either giving you a, a walk a double a home run or a strikeout like that's that's pretty much his game so and the and the pitching is interesting you know Darvish Hasn't been as good as you need him to be at the top of that rotation. Snell has been, I mean, I, I, I don't really have confidence in him as a starter, which is unfortunate. Uh, Musgrove has had weird numbers, partly because his first start was in that Mexico City game. Uh, so I hope, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough way to start your year. And, and Waka has been probably their most effective pitcher, but I don't really... Uh, believe in him necessarily. I think he's one of those guys that's inevitably going to get hit around pretty hard at some point. So I don't know. I, 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 it's hard for me to see a, a real path to them becoming the team that, that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it, uh, I think they still can, but like you said, it's going to be really tough. I mean, the division yeah. is underrated good. You know, the, the Giants have started to come on. The, the D-backs aren't, you, they're, they're still hanging around. They're still, they've still been really good. They're still, yeah. they're, they haven't faded yet. The Dodgers are still the Dodgers, but, you know, even though, you know, we thought they would be a little bit worse, they're still really, really good. Um, the, the Padres bullpen is still really good. Like Josh Hader has been unbelievable to start yeah. off this season. He's been really good. And Nick Martinez, you know, they brought him over as well. He's been really good, but the, the, like you said, the, the rest of this team, you've got you've got the names. It's just they aren't performing. And you know what do you do when you have the names and they aren't performing? I, you you and you when you're paying them for the next ten years, 
for the next uh, until until you know I'm going to be in my 40s. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's going to be it, it, you know it's going to be it's going to be tough. What you do when that happens is you panic because you you, you there's nothing you can do. And, and, and you already traded every single one of your best prospects to go get Juan Soto. So you don't have anything to trade at the trade deadline and when, you know, when it really comes down to it. So it's going to it's going to be tough, Padres fans. It's, it's not looking it's not looking great in San Diego right now for a team that we thought was going to be World Series caliber. They certainly aren't looking like that right now. Nope. And, uh, you know, I think this is a team that also needs emotion to play well. Uh, I think they I think they're one of these teams where where, you know, they kind of need to be fired up and they almost need to be playing for something to like really, really reach their potential. And uh, it's tough to do that when you get off to a bad start and you're going into the middle of a very long season. Uh, hopefully when Machado comes back, they'll, they'll get a little bit of a spark. And I think they are going to need to make some kind of move just to more to send a statement to to the team that you know we we do want to win like like we we haven't forgotten how good this team is and i think the organization needs to make a move to to show their faith in these players because i i don't i don't know that there's much else they can do than that other than just wait and hope hope yeah hope is the uh, hope is the good word for for you padres fans right now you got to hope and pray that these guys start these guys start getting it going because if they don't, it's going to be really, really tough. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. This This is a, a team, like I said, World Series expectations. And, you know, now the expectations are, you know, God, we just need a wild card spot. You know, we, we just got to we got to do exactly what we did last year. Hopefully we get into the wild card. Hopefully we make a run through the NL playoffs and hopefully we can find ourselves in a World Series. But hope is the word because they're just hoping a bunch of things go right for these players that are already established. And right now it's not so. Uh, but that's going to be it for us today here on the Bush League segment here at House Call Sports. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'm going to give a quick shout out to all of our sponsors real quick. And the first one I'm going to mention is StubHub. No matter the event, StubHub has the tickets for you. StubHub sports concert and theater tickets as low as $6. If you weren't paying attention for the whole episode, the MLB season is in full swing. Yes, that was pun intended. Okay, it is in full swing. Go get your tickets to your favorite MLB teams games. Don't forget that the NBA playoffs also is going on. There's a Eastern Conference game seven going on uh, on Monday uh, in, in where is it? It's in Boston. Yeah, I think it's in Boston. And then there's the NBA finals that's going to go on as well. So get all the tickets to your favorite sporting events. I don't care what sporting event it is. Go hit the link in the description to get your tickets at StubHub. We're also sponsored by SportMemorabilia.com, the one-stop shop to get all your authentic sporting merchandise. I caught a couple jerseys from there, some hats, a pullover type long sleeve, lots of awesome stuff there. So hit the link in the description to go get all your merchandise at SportMemorabilia.com. We are also sponsored by Fubo TV, the world's only sport-focused live TV streaming service with top leagues and teams, plus popular shows, movies, and news for the entire household. There's no hidden fees. Go get a free trial. Browse available plans. I have used Fubo before. Lots of t- you get tons of channels. You can watch tons of sports. You can watch whatever you want on there: baseball, football, basketball, whatever you want to watch. Hit the link in the description to go get Fubo TV. And if you are a bro who's up real early like I am. I need a coffee company that's only going to provide you with everything from award-winning roasts to your necessary equipment, your espresso machines, your grinders, your filters, to your recipes, as well as a coffee-to-water ratio calculator. Go to Coffee Bros' website, whose link in our whose link is in our description, to get everything that you need that is coffee-related. So go get Coffee Bros, bro. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate all your feedback. Padres fans, tell us how down bad you are in the comments. AL East fans, tell us how down... 
how up good you are in the, in the comments and be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms at the house call sports instagram tiktok youtube spotify and twitter we got merch meet the crew as well as blogs we got a bunch of blogs all that stuff that i just mentioned is up on our website our website is www.thehousecall.com and that's going to be it for us peace